You're listening to Diverse City Podcast. Please stay tuned to hear a powerful word. For giving or more church information, check us out at diversecity.church. Or to text to give, text DIVERSE to 73256. Thank you for listening and enjoy the word. Go to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 and 10. We're going to read from the New Living Translation. It's good to see all of our wonderful people. Can we give it up for our first-time visitors again? Amen. All right. You can just take all four and then give the rest if you could. Elmer, do you have yours or do we need to bring you one? A mic? All right. You can just hand them. He'll take one. All right, let's read, folks. One, two, three. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. Verse number 10. Here we go. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Before you sit down, give three people a hug and say, you play to win the game. You play to win the game. Three people, Father, Son, and the Spirit, three people deserve a hug. You play to win the game. If you got to eat cookies to win the game, you play to win the game. All right. I am so excited to be here today. This has been a fun and interesting week. Hallelujah. I had a lot of chicken this week. Had some hamburgers. I was okay with my sugar because I'm trying to work on something in 2020. But here we are on Super Bowl weekend. So I got seven interesting facts that you would probably be interested in knowing. So fact number one. For Miami to host the Super Bowl today, it costs $14 million. But for a $14 million investment, Miami is expected to boost their economy by $500 million. Sign me up for that. Hallelujah. Fact number two, the Super Bowl is the number one house party of the year. Average of 17 people her home. Fact number three, the sale of large screen TVs increased by five times during this week. Some of y'all said y'all getting out of debt and you got a 72 inch. Amen. All right. (laughs) Number four, here we go. The second largest day of consumption of food is the Super Bowl. Only behind Thanksgiving. Can I get an amen? Yes, Lord. And here's number five, the sales of antacids, such as Tom's, Pepto-Bismol, Alka-Seltzer, increased by 20% the day after the Super Bowl. I told y'all, potlucks, you better be careful, the foods you eat. Number six, 6% of people call in for work the day after the Super Bowl. (laughs) And number seven, ladies, 
please, ladies, I need you to hear me on this one. Super Bowl is the slowest weekend for marriages. Don't even try it. I'm telling you. Help yourself out. The slowest weekend for Super Bowl. Same thing with the men. Don't try Valentine's Day so you can save a little money and double dip on your anniversary for Valentine's Day. Celebrate your girl. Just saying. Anyway, so now that we talked about the seven statistics on the Super Bowl Sunday, I think about football. There's many metaphors. There's many analogies between football, playing on the field, and also the game of life. Um, if many of us take a time and just reflect over the last six to nine months, we had moments where we celebrated. It felt like we scored a touchdown. And then there's been other moments when we dropped the ball. Maybe you fumbled. Maybe it was a turnover and down. And some things you may look at your record and say, hey, I have a, I've been through a winning season. And for others, other of us, it's actually been a losing season. And some, we can look at the people that are in our circle and say, we are building a dynasty. And there are others saying, we need to go to the draft. And for many of us, as we look at those that are in our circle, God kind of put this on my heart, and I'm going to talk about it later. But for many of us, when we look at building a dynasty, when we look at building a team, Sometimes you got to understand just because you decrease in size does not mean you decrease in value. Many of us are chilling with our nickel and say, look how big it is. And God is saying, I need you to get to a dime. Some of you are dating nickels. And it's like, but he's six feet tall. But he broke, his credit score below 400. He got a lot of issues, and God is saying, get you a dime. Men, she fine. She's an Instagram model. But the thing that you use to get her is the same thing that you're going to have to fight with other people. Just because you decrease in size, your circle of influence does not mean you decrease in value. So in this season, let's go back to the next slide, Ashley. So the title of today how to win the game. Say, win the game. Win the game. Say, in 2020, I'm going to win the game. All right, so if you go to the next slide, it says in Galatians chapter 6, and we're actually going to read it from the King James Version to make sure we feel real holy today. Or no, is it next, King James? All right, well, I got it right here. And it says, in the King James and let us not go weary in well-doing. For in due season, we will reap if we faint not. Tonight, there's two teams that it's their due season. What does due season mean? Due means something that rightfully belongs to you. If you're a landlord, when it's the first of the month, it's not if you should get rent, but it's due. For some that are tenants, it's due by the fifth. In season, what does that mean? A special and appointed time. So what season are you in? Is it due season? Is it sowing season? Because seeds of nothing reaps a harvest of nothing. 
And we also know the same season of sowing is not the same season of reaping. Whether it's fruit, whether it's vegetables, whether it's your career, you have to go through a period of training camp, two-a-days, preseason, games, bye weeks, to be able to get to the Super Bowl in life. And in verse number 10, it says, as we have, therefore, the opportunity. God wants to know what are we doing with our opportunities? Are we complaining? Are we wasting them away? Are we waiting for the next moment? But God has given us an opportunity. And it says, especially when we have an opportunity to be able to do it for God, when we're able to do it for our neighbor, if we're able to do it in the household of faith. So when it comes, I've been praying because last week I had a bye week. We had um, baptisms. Everyone killed it last week. Lord have mercy. Miss Lena singing. Um, we had dance. They crushed it. And all I've been praying about is the last 10 weeks. I said, Coach Jesus, we're coming into Super Bowl. What, give, me, give me five things to tell the people today how to win the chip. Give me five things. Coach Jesus, you know our abilities. You've seen us practice. You created us. You said you had a purpose for us. Give us five things that are universal that we can all take, that we can all hold on to this year to be able to win the Super Bowl. So here's number one. Rule number one, Coach Jesus says, if you're going to win the Super Bowl, it has to be teamwork. Don't get around it. Teamwork. Say teamwork. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. Listen, many of us are playing in the game of football as if it's tennis. This is not a solo sport. This is not gymnastics. This is not even basketball or baseball when you're focusing on stats. But teamwork. Sometimes you're going to be on the field. Sometimes you're going to be off the field. Some people over here are going to play offense. A few in the middle are going to play defense. And some does neither, and we actually play special teams. But through team efforts, no person is bigger than this situation. There is no I and team, but there's a me. And we focus on our stats. We focus on our abilities. We focus on our contracts. We focus on what we can hold on to. So when we go into the post-game interview, we can celebrate. We can stunt. But what God wants us to do, just like football, 11 on 11, if you're the quarterback, if you don't have your offensive line, you're no good. If you're a quarterback and you got wide receivers and they can't get open, you may turn it over. But all of us are in here with different roles and different assignments. My role is on the stage. Your role may be safety. Your role may be IT. Yesterday I was playing around with the keyboard in here by myself, and I said, Lord, I need a different position. This is not going to work for me. And many of us get out of place because it becomes about me. Romans 12 and 3, it says, because of the privilege and the authority. God has given us all privileges, opportunities, and authority. I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Uh Uh-oh. I told y'all what pride is. Pride is like stink breath. Everybody can smell it except for you. And you're walking around, and you need to go to the sound booth and get a peppermint. Pride. 
because we walk in with our heads up and we're trying to catch the cookie and they keep falling on the ground. And God is saying, you think you are better than the next person. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, whatever you're doing is special, it's unique, it's custom made for you. So it is with Christ's body, we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In verse six, in his grace, God has given us different gifts. This thing, my coach headset is killing me. Certain things to do well. So what is your function? What is your role to play to win? Many of us are bragging because we're the boss up and your heart is bad. (laughs) Many of us are nice and you got your good traps and your back is looking tight, but who cares if you're blind and you can't see? And some things that we control, but there's other things. If you're on defense, it don't matter how well you do. If your offensive brother doesn't do his part, we lose the game. Y'all with me? Y'all looking at me? Number two. Point number two to win the game, you have to go to the huddle. Thank God for Facebook Live. Thank God for Internet. Thank God for YouTube. But there's something different when we're able to get in the house of the Lord. One of the things we always talk about with the senior leadership and the deacons board, why should people come to church today? What type of experience? There's only, there's only a few things that can replace getting a hug from Miss Susan. There's only a few things to be in the presence of God and hear the singing and the anointing. But many of us are like, nah, I'm good in the huddle. I'm over here, just call the place and you're out of bounds, and you're out of alignment. And idolatry and the focus on me continues to jack us up. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, it says, we must also consider how to encourage each other. That's the role. That's why we come to church. We want to encourage, we want to show love, and we want to do good things. We should not stop gathering. We should not be missing church. We have to be able to come because what I found out, there are days as the pastor, I'll wake up and say, you know what, I want to call in sick today. And that's when God moves the most. I should stay home. It's cold outside. I'm actually sweating today. What's going on, St. Louis? I'm confused. And it may be cold when we go home. I had a long john on at 3 in the morning while I was up, and I'm like, I'm so confused. But we all have a part to play every Sunday. And in many times, here's the thing, the things that we desire, every time we want to score, guess what? You're going to face opposition. And we come together, we make a huddle. Sometimes we've got to touch and agree. Sometimes we've got to pray on a few things. And there's a few situations in our heart where we need to call timeout. Timeout from yourself. Timeout when we need to go together and talk to Coach Jesus and say, what do I need to do in this situation? That's what the Daniels fast is, a time for us to call timeout. You're out there, you're getting real close. You're about to score And most of the times when we call timeout is after a turnover or when we're about to enter into a new season. Timeout. 
I'm reminded of the children of Israel as we get ready to score, and the opposition is right there. And the children of Israel, what should have been an 11-day pilgrimage from Egypt to the promised land, but because of opposition in their place of their promise, they just said, you know what? We don't want to get in the end zone. We'll just walk around this mountain for 40 years. And God is saying, we got to be like David Mahomes, see the Goliath, take our inventory and say, you know what? We beat the Texans. We beat the Bears. We beat the Lions. We beat the Chargers. We show enough whoop those Patriots. They don't even know what to do. And you have to go back to the inventory and call time out and allow God to be able to remind you of who you are and, matter of fact, whose you are. So what does it take for all of us? We have to, point number three, get in the game. And before I just even say it, I think I should show you what getting in the game looks like. So first, when it comes to get in the game, many of us become satisfied and complacent and become the fair weather fan. Fair weather fan. Woo! All right, all right. Man, church was awesome. <laughs> but it is time for the game. I'll tell you that much. Got my hat. Wear my hat, you know what I'm saying? Well, lose! With the outlaws in. Babe, I'll be downstairs. My TV's crooked. What's going on here? All right. Turn it off. Got it. Okay. Sweetheart, I love you. Can you bring me a sandwich? No? Oh, okay. I still love you. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Kick off, baby. Woo! Okay. 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 Oh, okay. You don't want to feel it. Got it. No big deal. No big deal. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. All right. Okay, here we go. Fumble! I go fumble the ball! They scoop and score! Ah, man, I'm like, ah, come on now, I'm done. Come on. Come on, outlaws. Playing like some scrubs right now. What's that all about? Need to put me in there. Coach, put me in there. All right, we're gonna try it again. We got it. See, we can laugh at Elmer, but many of us are just like him. God calls us to get in the game, and we want to stay home. We want to be comfortable. We want to be lazy. We get complacent. And in a situation like this, if he could talk a little bit longer, he's wearing that jersey, but as soon as his team doing bad, he takes it off and represents a new team. This is the place when God is not your first option, but he's last. This is the place where I'll come to church, just get me to heaven, but allow me to live my life. Fair weather fan. Kansas City jersey today, but if 49ers win, he'll be rocking the 49ers jersey tomorrow. This is okay for a season, but to stay there, you can't win. To stay here, there's no reward. You can shout, you can praise, you can lose your voice, but you got to get in the game. Area number two. Let's talk about the crowd. Where's my crowd at? (laughs) 
Everybody in the house, make some noise. If you're a football fan in the house, make some noise. Yes, sir. I got my song keyed up. Yes, sir. Can we get that? The, the Monday Night Football? <laughs> Not the original one? All right, all right, all right. We, we, uh, we'll, we'll go on. We got any football fans in the house? Yes, sir. Let's go. Right, right. As a football, as a fan, you got but one job. That's to stand there and that's to get fired up about your team. Yes, Come sir. on, crank it up, crank it up. Let's crank it up, let's go, people. Crank it up. Oh, they T fans. So you can't. That original football, that original Monday night, that original Monday night football song. That is, man, there was nothing that got you fired up on a Monday night. Yes, get sir. in front of that TV and watch some football. You hear Howard Cosell making the calls, man, it just made you, you had. Chills went down your back. Absolutely. You got ready for some football, fan. You got ready for some football. You got my, uh, you got, you got the time keyed up? No. You got the time keyed up? Bird, come on up. I need y'all to get to your feet. Can we get to I your feet? stand up to your feet. Can you stand to you your feet, please? We got one minute. We got one minute. Come on, I need y'all to get one to your feet. One minute. One my song, get? I need my song. Can I need we the do the way? I need my song. I need the time. It's up there. You got there you it. Go. Where's Andrew? He's not coming yet. Oh, it's all right. Go with supposed song. to keep my listen, song. Man. That's all, all right. right. That's all right. That's all right. We got something else for you. See, we didn't get a chance to rehearse none of this. Listen. <laughs> all right, y'all sit down. Go sit in the stand. Get right. in the stand. Go. You got 30 seconds. Go. Let's go. Fight Eagles, fight. What? On the road to victory. All right, we're done. Now sit down, sit down. Hear them high. Fly, eagles, fly. Go sit here. On the road to victory. E A G L E S, eagles. Oh my. You know what's really funny? Sit down. Here's a few things about when you're in the crowd. You're in the stadium, but you're not on the field. These guys are repping Eagles. They got their jersey on. This guy got a fake championship ring as if he earned it. And that's what happens, right? Like, we come, we don't want to participate. We're okay yelling. We know all of the statistics. We can quote scripture. We can recite them back. I can say something. They're able to finish it. And you know what happens when you're just like these people? When you actually get in the game, you can't be a player. The closest thing that you can be is actually a referee. When you're on the field and all you want to do is judge other people, tell them they're not good enough, recite to them about all of the ways that they're falling. And these are the people, the crowd, having a form of godliness, but denying his power. Just because you can go to eBay, wherever, and create your own championship ring, but you ain't do Jack, Jill or the Hill. The crowd, a lot of talk. Chuck, chuck, chuck. Yeah, I'll do this. I did that. Deacon so-and-so, foot-washing Baptist. All of these things. But you're a Pharisee, Sadducee, a zealot, 
they're living in the past. They got on jerseys from the Super Bowl two years ago. (laughs) Be careful when you talk about your past more than your future. When life used to be like this, when church used to be like this, when you used to be the greatest athlete in high school, you're 52, fall back. (laughs) Oh, go look me up on YouTube. God is about your future not your past. But then here's area number three where God has called us all to be. Not to be the fair weather fan, not to be the crowd that sits there and make a lot of noise, but God has all called us to be players. God has all called us to get in the game. Where are my players at? Where's Coach Jesus and my player? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh! Oh! Yeah! Come on! Say, get in the game! Come on! Yes. So here's the thing. When you're able to be a player, when you go through basic training, when you've been through preseason, you're able to show off. You know who God has called you to be. Come up here, Jalen. Y'all come sit up here real quick. I'm going to use y'all again. But God has called us all to get in the game. And what some of the greatest parts about his jersey is, you don't see many people buy a jersey that's number 78. That's a number that normally represents an offensive lineman. That's a number that normally represents a defensive line. They normally don't get a a lot of glory. They normally don't get a lot of clout. And God is saying humble is the way. Get in the game through humility. Get in the game through sacrifice. Get in the game, that means you got to practice five days a week just for one opportunity to see what you got. The man catched it with one hand, tried to do his uh, bad representation of Odell Beckham, but it's all good. It's diverse city song. But what he represents is discipline. I'm sure he can outbeat them in running, definitely Elmer. And many of us want to celebrate, get our touchdown, catch the pass, do all of these great things, and God is saying, get in the game. That means you may have to do some push-ups, some sit-ups. That means you may have to practice in the dark. That means you may have to study God's playbook. All of these things are imperative for you to get in the game. Say, get in the game. Only in the game you win a championship. Only in the game you are declared the winner. Only in the game you're able to reap 
when you faint not. Listen, I quit football because I hated practice. My temp- I played football from, mm, from sixth grade all the way to my senior year. But when I got to high school, I'm like, you know what? I'm great enough that I can skip practice. So on my freshman and my sophomore year, I skipped all of preseason. I skipped all of spring training. And I went two weeks before practice. And the coach let me still play because I was better. But then I tried it in junior year. I did the same thing. And all during the week, he allowed me to practice. And then when the game started, he benched me the whole game. And I quit. And he sat down with me and my mom and talked about it. He's like, you got the talent, you have the skills, you have the abilities, but you weren't willing to be disciplined. You weren't willing to sacrifice. I know you're great, but I can use weak people. I can use less than people to do the same thing. Matter of fact, to get better results because you weren't willing to put in the work. Tonight is not about those with the best talent. You have one team that's built on finesse. You have one team that builds on force. But it's going to be based on those that are able to follow God's instruction when they get in the game. Point number four. It's fun to catch the ball. It's fun to run. It's fun to get the touchdown. But here's my warning. If you get in the game, guess what? You're going to get hit. I don't care how fast you are. I don't care what your agility move is. I don't care if you can throw a Heisman. Life is going to hit you. There's many people in here today that 2020, me, myself, came right out the fast feeling great. Leaving service, celebration Sunday. Many of us have felt it on different levels. The Kobe Bryant death. Then people getting shot over here. My mother, my mother's best friend end up passing away this week. I'm hurting. I'm frustrated. And even this Thursday, my dad right now is in ICU. And I'm like, Lord, I just came out of prayer. I just came out of fasting. How am I getting hit like this? I'm in the game, coach. He hits everybody. Whether you're on the stage, whether you're in the pew, he'll hit you at home, he'll hit you at church, he'll hit you at work. I don't care who you are, you're going to get hit. But it's okay getting hit when you're close to the coach. It's okay getting hit, but if you're not working with your team, if you're out here by yourself, when you hit, isolation is the devil's playground. Can I get them by themselves? Can I trade them money? Can I trade them time? What are the things I can do to lure them away so they're not able to take the hit? All of us are going to get hit. That's why the Bible talks about putting on Jalen the full armor. Go out there if you want in the game, no coverage. Something's going to get broken, something's going to get taken, and you get mad at God, and he's already given the play. Wake up, put on your armor. Put on your helmet, because the enemy's after your mind. Put on your breastplate of righteousness, because no matter how much talent you got, character and integrity is more important. Get your belt of truth, get your loops, study, understand the scripture, And Jalen's missing. 
his evangelism shoes to be able to spread the gospel. The Bible also talks about no weapons formed against you. That means they're going to be formed. That means it's going to come. That means it's going to knock you down. But if you're wearing your full armor, you can take a hit. Nobody scores on every play. Nobody wins every game. Losing helps you through the process. Most players will tell you they learn more from their losses than their wins. Bring up the next one. My man, Apostle Paul, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He said, boy, every day I wake up, I get hit. I'm in jail right now because I got hit. Matter of fact, there was a season of my life I was fighting the people on my team. Hit. Whether it's in the ship, he got hit, going to evangelize, get to a new island, a snake bites him, another hit. Rolling and evangelizing and discipling others, my replacement, still got hit. And here's what Paul says, we are pressed on every side. I got defensive people all around me. They're trying to get the ball from me. I'm in the middle of a pile. I thought I was supposed to win. I thought this was the best play. I thought I heard from God. But we are pressed on every side by troubles. But we are not crushed. Tell your neighbor you ain't crushed yet. We are perplexed but not driven to despair, you will be hunted down. But never abandoned by who? God. You get knocked down, but you won't be destroyed. 2020, you will cry. This is not a gloom and doom, but I want to be balanced. I can't promise blessings. I can't promise all of these due seasons and how great and how God is going to move in your life. It has to be counterbalanced and understand that you got to be hit. You've been reading. You've been studying Proverbs and say, okay, I can do this and do this, and this is going to happen. I can do this and do this, and this is going to happen. And then if you move from the book of Proverbs, God drops Job on there to show you can do all the right things and you're still going to get hit. You can execute it. You can make sacrifices. You can pray over your kids every night, and trouble hits everybody. Point number five, God wants us to hold on to your faith. Hold on to your faith. Say it with me. Hold on to your faith. Oh, protect your faith. My bad. Hold on to your faith. What is the faith? It's a metaphor for the football. Many of us are running sloppy with the ball like this, and God is saying, hold on to the faith. The enemy is after your faith. Your opponents are after the faith, but we have to hold tight. For married folks, listen, we all play four quarters of life. And many of us know the first quarter is not winning the championship. I don't care what the score is. We've seen it multiple times for the Chiefs. Every game, down, teams are celebrating. We got them right where they want us. But you got to play the whole game. You got to hold tight. Sometimes you got to switch hands. Sometimes you got to block this person. Sometimes you got to block that person. But God is saying, whatever you do, if it means falling on the ground, if it means just jumping on the ball, Hold on to your faith. 
It may be crazy at the job. Don't quit yet. Hold on to the faith. Your kids are acting crazy in the first quarter. Hold on to the faith. Second quarter, hold on. Third quarter, keep sowing. This is the sowing season, not the reaping. Hold on to the faith. There's a second half. There's a second half. There's a second half. Yes, if you're dating, that's not first quarter. That is preseason. If you're engaged, that is not the first quarter. That is the preseason, the honeymoon. It's preseason, but when you step in the game of marriage, what do statistics say? First two years, whoo, hallelujah. But hold on. Keep working. Trust in the plan and the manuscript that was given to you. Hold on to the faith. Hold tight. Don't let go. Whatever you do, sometimes you may lose a few yards. Sometimes you got to hand it back to your better half. But whatever you do, protect your faith. Whatever you do, hold on to the ball. Give me my scripture real quick. We read Hebrews chapter 24 and verse 25. But when I was studying, verse 23 stood out to me. It says, let us hold fast the confessions of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. I don't care what it looks like right now. I don't care how 2020 started for you. I don't care how 2019 ended for you. But if you hold tight, hold fast, when you study Hold in the Greek. Bring it up. Let me tell you how he says, hold it back, keep it secure, and keep it firm. This is your Bible. Hold on. If they're coming this way, if they're coming that way, switch hands, but keep it secure. And there's many of us that feels like I fumble. God can't use me anymore. God has forgotten about me. I turned the ball over and Coach Jesus, what will he do? Bring you another ball back. Bring me a ball, Coach Jesus, not the player. <laughs> Jesus says, go back in. Run the next play. But I'm scared if I'm going to fumble again. Did you not see what happened last time? Did you not see the mistakes I did? Did you not say what I said to that person on the highway? Did you not hear how I gave that person a piece of my mind? And you may feel like you're down. You may feel like you're out. But God is saying, hold on. If you're not dancing now, in due season, you're going to dance. If you faint, not. So in closing, there are many people here that have dropped the ball. There are many people here that feels like they don't, they're not even worthy to wear the jersey. There are many people in here that feels like giving up, and you say, you know what? I prefer to be a free agent in this season. And God is willing to call you. He's willing to re-enlist. Jesus is recruiting people to come on his side. Jesus is recruiting people to be able to join the team so you can win the game. There's at least two brothers in here that looks at the last three or four years, and he said, every time I had the ball, I fumbled. And you're saying, 2020, I still love the Lord, but I prefer to sit at the chair and watch from here.
And there's a few other guys in here and say, you know what, I'll keep coming to church faithful, but if you look at my history, if we look at the replays and the highlights of my past, I don't deserve to be in the game. I'll just sit in the stand. And God is saying, it's time to join the team. I need a few of my leader men to get in front of the altar for me. And there's at least two people here. You need to join the team and make a commitment and a decision right now. So if I can get like a few of my deacons, only males, Pastor Drew, and I can get you guys come join me at the altar right here. And Stephanie, you can come up. There's a few people, whether it's male or female, you've dropped the ball, and God is saying he wants you to return to the huddle. All of these men up here are not perfect. All of these men up here are made mistakes. All of these men are up here just saying, we're in the game. Put me in, coach. They'll block for you. They will cover for you. And they'll have your back. At this time, if everyone can bow your heads and if I'm speaking to you.